Right, this evening I'm going to be ministering on the power of the, of the name of Jesus. Now I want to show you a few things that a lot of us have had this type of teaching before, but I want to show you one or two things that you might not have seen before. Alright, let's just start off with the, the foundation scripture of Philippians chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles, turn there quickly. If you don't have your Bibles, why not? You don't come to training without your, war, your weapons. Okay, you bring your sword with. And if you like some of these guys who like the pocket ones, your flick, your what do they call it? The switch blades. Your little ones. Some of you bring your iPads. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And I want us to look at this. And Jesus Christ, being founded in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became the obedience to the point of death, even death of the cross. So I want you to know, we know this, that Jesus Christ put everything aside, He humbled Himself, and He became a man on this earth. Okay? Verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name above which is above every name. Now I want you to see this. God gave Jesus a name that is above every other name. Alright? Now I want you to take note of the next verse. It says that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven, right, number one. Those on earth, number two. And those under the earth. You see, what we are missing is, is that there is a very big demonic presence still under the earth and in the ocean. And there is a big thing that is starting to get loosed. And I want to just to tell you this. You might not be aware of it, but you will get aware of it in the next while in South Africa. But there is the water spirit, the divination spirit, that is being loosed on this earth that I have never heard about until, in the, not even in the 80s had I heard it in operation. It is now being loosed, and it is a water spirit that is starting to operate. Okay, and you're going to hear about it all over the place, and you're going to hear about things and the results of this thing that's operating. Because what is happening right now, and you're not aware of it, is, is that all of the African nations, they take their children, and they physically transport them to the coast, and they sit down and they do the rituals on the coast. And they call out the demons out of the sea, so that they can then get the initiation. I had a lady who came and stayed with us in Botswana, from Botswana. And she was busy telling us a story of what was happening in her town. And she says that it was a kiddies party, it was a kindergarten, grade one. And it was a kindergarten party, and so everybody got cake. You know, these little kiddies get cake. And so she had said to her child, because there's a lot of witchcraft going on in that area. And she said to her child, you do not eat anything unless I give you permission. So she put her little cake in her lunchtime and took it home. And obviously forgot about it. So the next morning the mother wanted to put sandwiches in the lunch tin, opened the lunch tin and there was a bloody finger in the, in the cake tin. No cake. She said to her child, what is this? She goes, mommy that was my cake from yesterday. She goes to the school, obviously like a good parent would, and wants to give everybody hell, goes to school and has it out with the principal and while she's talking to the principal, the rest of her class says to her, where were you last night? She says, what do you mean, where was I? They said, no, we went to the sea and we got powers from the sea. And they ain't from Botswana, there's no sea there. All the kids in the spirit that night went to the coast. And that is why there is no wealthy coastal towns. Because at night there's such a demonic influence happening all the time. Unless it's a non-Christian 
uh, base, like a Muslim country or something, you know, where there's not a Christian thing near, then they end up prospering. But that is one of the reasons why the coastal towns struggle. So I'm giving you some information that we are going to have to start looking at as Christians. We are not even aware of what's going on. So the power in the sea and under the sea is very strong. And so when Jesus Christ got given a name, He got given the name for the heavens, He got given the name for the earth, and anything under the earth. Okay, so I want you to understand that that name that was given was to make sure everything was taken care of. So, what is interesting is this, is if any of you, and I'm sure that if you're an intercessor, around about 3 o'clock in the morning you'll wake up most mornings. And everyone's like wondering, why do I keep waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Because that is when the, the rituals are actually taking place and God's actually calling you to start praying against it without you even realizing it. So I want you to know there's a very real thing starting to happen in Africa. And I'm getting very excited about it because it's about time the church woke up. We can't just let this stuff carry on. We have to get to the place of saying this far no further. We are going to start standing against this. Okay, so here comes the question. Okay, let's just continue with this first. And so that, verse 11, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now I have the question, when did Jesus Christ get given His name? That was so powerful. I mean, remember, He was still Mary's child. Okay, so He's still Mary's child. And how did Mary call Him? Hey, Jesus, come here. Jesus, go wash the dishes. You know, Jesus, go fetch the rubbish. Whatever. He, he didn't have a special name. And remember when, they, when he was doing miracles, they go, oh, but this is Jesus of Nazareth, man. They used the same title of his name. So when did Jesus Christ get given a name that carried so much power? A lot of Christians think that it's when he died. A lot of Christians think that his name started carrying this tremendous power after he died. It was not so. I want to show you something very interesting. And this is something that I want you to see. Okay, before I get there, let's go to Mark chapter 16. And this is where Jesus Christ is commissioning the disciples. He's saying to the disciples, listen, I want you guys to go and do some work. Remember after He rose, the very last thing He did, He gets them together and He says to them, listen. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. If you're a Christian, this is what's going to happen. In my name they'll cast out demons. Now I want you to know, when Jesus Christ spoke to the, to the disciples, it was not the first time that they had cast out demons. And I want to show you this. Okay? So He says, in my name you'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now everybody knows the scripture. You guys know the scripture. Alright? So you know that that is the commission given to Christians. Now I want to ask you, how often do you actually use the name of Jesus properly? How often do you actually use the name of Jesus with authority and with power? And realizing what authority you have. I want to show you how much power the name of Jesus actually contains. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. I want to show you this. How many of you know that... The, who, okay, who can tell me this? What chapter did the disciples get born again? Who can give me roughly what chapter? John chapter what? Okay, it's John chapter 20. 
The disciples got born again. Did you know that they got born again in John chapter 20? Okay, maybe it looks like street lights are hit you. Go to John chapter 20 quickly. Let's go there quickly. Let me just show you. Go to John chapter 20. We're going to come back to Mark. Luke. I'm busy with Luke. Let me show you quickly. Show you where the disciples got born again. Alright, here you see it in uh, John chapter 20, verse 21. Remember that, that Jesus Christ had got raised from the dead, He went to the Father, and then that night, He comes back and He meets the disciples in the room. And He says, and this is what Jesus says to them, Peace to you, as the Father uh, sent me, I will also send you. And when He said this, He breathed on them, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive any sins, they are forgiven. And if you don't forgive any, they will not be forgiven. So he breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. That is before he left. Then he leaves and then they have the encounter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, in Acts chapter 2. Okay, so there's 50 days difference now. Okay, so you guys with me? Alright, so they get born again just before he leaves. Can you see that? Now let's quickly go back to Luke. Luke chapter 10. Now I want to tell you, in Luke chapter 10, nobody was born again. Why? Because Jesus hadn't died yet. You can't get born again until He died. You guys with me? So here Jesus comes and He says to the 70 of them, He says, 70 of your disciples, you guys go out and go and heal the sick and go check out devils. Now look what happens. Now the 70 come back, very excited. And they returned rejoicing. And it says, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They were not even born again. They were not even Christians. They had no power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They were casting out devils in Jesus' name just because He had been given a name higher than any other name. Now you can imagine what that can do for us, being filled with the Holy Spirit, have the power of the Holy Spirit, and then we still have the name of Jesus on top of that. I need you to understand the power of the name that has been given to us as Christians. When we use the name of Jesus, literally everything has to bow. There's not a thing that can stand, and we do not use it. We do not use the name properly. Now I want to tell you something, I'm going to throw something in here. I, have the, I call them pasalas, okay? It's got nothing to do with the topic, it's just interesting. Okay, it's just like a happy extra, you can take it home. Here comes the pasala. I want to just quickly show you the difference between fallen angels and demons. How many of you want to learn that quick? I'll just throw this in here. Alright, and fallen angels, when a third of the angels fell out of heaven, okay, and they came to earth, Alright, what, when you hear of an angel, what do you see or picture of an angel that you hear and read in the Bible? They always have a body, they either have wings, are you with me? The Bible always speaks of them as having bodies, they are beings. So then, if an, a fallen angel is on this earth, when did they become spirits that we can't see? You see... We've got this thing wrong. The demons that the Bible speaks about are not fallen angels. 
fallen angels have physical bodies that can appear. They can sit down and the Bible says that we have entertained angels. They look like human beings even. Now that's a bit scary, eh? our discernment ain't that good. <laughs> are you an angel or you're a devil? What are you? <laughs> yeah. But the point is this, is that every one of the fallen angels that fell out of heaven all had bodies. Okay? You guys with me? So where on earth did these demons come from? Well, I'm quickly going to give you a lesson. Genesis chapter 6 verse 2. Alright, if you want a Bible, grab it there. Show you what's happened here. Genesis chapter 6 verse 2. It says that the sons of God... Now the sons of God, remember, anything that was created of God was called the sons of God in the Old Testament, okay? With any being that He created. So those sons of God, verse 2, saw that the daughters of men, the ladies on the earth, are that were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, for of all whom they chose. Now let me tell you something. And then the Lord says, My spirit shall not strife with man forever. And that's when He reduced the years to 120 years. Okay, that's where He did it. Now why did He do that? Because these fallen angels started having sex with a woman, and we started ending up with all these giants. Okay, that's where Goliath comes from. All these giants, they used to call him Nephilim. You read it through the Bible. Now what God did first of all, He took those angels that fell or came out of the, the domain onto our earth and messed with the human beings. He chained them up immediately. Go to Jude. Quickly, let me show you here. In Jude, just before Revelations, turn left. <laughs> One chapter. Verse 6. Jude verse 6. It says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So what he did was, first of all, he took those angels, and he says, I'm binding you, you're not going to do this again, I'm going to keep you in chains until I judge you at the end. Okay, you guys with me? So now, what happened to those giants when they died? What happened to their spirits? Those giants were not human spirits. They were demonic spirits. The life came from a demon, not from a human. So what happens to their spirits? When those Nephilim died, they became demons. And so what a demon does, is a demon is looking for a body because he doesn't have one. He can't go to heaven or hell because he's not a human being for judgment. And so that is where demons come from. When you hear that somebody comes into a house and doors are slamming. You understand? Doors are slamming and weird stuff's happening. I know it's never ever happened to any of you, but some of us have had fun with some of these experiences. You know, I had a... I didn't have it. I, it was an ugly dog. My mother had an ugly dog. That was a jacked up discerning of spirits, that dog. It would just start barking nowhere and you must know there's a demon there. You walk in and you just feel the presence straight away. And you cast the devil out of the thing and it's fine. So I want you to know that Jesus Christ didn't even consider these as issues. These demons that were looking for bodies, he didn't even consider them because his disciples were chucking them out even before they were born again. 
And yet we as human beings are so scared when that type of stuff happens. I want to throw another one in. How many of you have heard this where they sit down and they go, I've seen my grandmother walking down the passage. Have you ever seen that? You know, you know that is? That's called a familiar spirit. I'm familiar with it. It looks common for me. I will identify with it. My granny says that I must be good. Okay, that is a familiar spirit. It is connected. Yes, sir. Why would God make uh, nephilim spirits that cannot be saved? Or were they demons in the first place? They were demons in the first place. Where did their spirits come from? The demonic realm. The demonic. So they totally from the demonic. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so God did not, they cannot be saved. So they made a body, the, the demonic spirit got into the body. Yes. Therefore, cannot be saved. Cannot be saved. Okay. okay. So then, what has happened to today? Those when, when the body dies, that demon is then released, and it looks for another one. That is why, if you go and look at some of these rock stars, like they say, the spirit of Mar- uh, Marilyn Monroe, it passed from her to Madonna. Madonna has then passed it down to Britney Spears, and they physically tell you that they're doing it. They say, I have the same spirit guide that Madonna had. And that's why we sit down and we see them kissing on the stage or something. And you think, oh, meanwhile they are busy making a covenant to pass the spiritual thing, pass it down. See, so we've got to understand, this is how it works. So when you come, in the name of Jesus, every single one of those demons have got to come and submit to what you've just said. Because now, you are not just coming in the name of Jesus, but you are coming and as a son and a daughter of God, with the entire Godhead backing you. The Holy Spirit inside of you, and when you command that thing in Jesus' name, it has to go. That is why I could sit down and deliver somebody of 300 demons in 20 minutes. Because I don't name them one by one. I don't ask them, would you mind leaving? Listen, you've been here long enough. Now please go find somewhere else. No, you don't do that. You say in the name of Jesus, every demonic spirit, I command you to lose this person right now. And of course I'm using the name of Jesus. I have authority to sort that out without any issue. As long as I know... And they'll come up with a con, you know. Oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going, you're going to kill nobody. You're leaving. <laughs> they've told me many times they're going to kill me. And every single time they left. It's like their last stand to get you to back off. You see, the problem is this. is We get nervous because we're not used to this. We're not used to dealing with stuff we can't see. As soon as you realize that you have the authority, it's all over. So I want to tell you that in the name of Jesus, stuff starts happening. But there's one more thing. Besides the fight and the attack and the authority that I've got to break stuff with people's lives. That's why I love this chorus. There's power in the name to break every chain. Every single bondage has got to break in the name of Jesus Christ because that price was paid. When Jesus Christ stood there and He says, It is finished, He meant it. Okay, I don't have time to teach all of this stuff to you. But I want to quickly give you a rundown. Good Friday, when Jesus Christ died, He said it was finished. So why did He have to go to hell? Why did Jesus have to go to hell if it was already finished? He went to go and fetch the keys of hell and the grave. You see, even if the guys were good guys in the Old Testament, they still went to hell. 
So Jesus, uh, Satan had no problem as long as he could just kill Jesus. Because he had control of hell in the grave. He, he would have had Jesus in hell forever. He didn't care if he was a Christian or not. But what he made a mistake in is that he killed an innocent person. And Jesus goes in and goes, give me back my keys. That's why the Bible says, do you know the scripture that says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Remember Peter? Go read that word hell, it's Hades. It's not hell, it's death and the grave will not stand against the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus got the keys. And Jesus goes and he says, I give you the keys. That's why we can raise somebody from the dead. I give you the keys. So then he does that. So now, when he died, he died for the purpose of getting the keys back. Then he rose again. What is the purpose for rising again? Why didn't he just go straight to heaven? You see, when he rose again, he brought all the saints with him. So now all the saints are in Jerusalem. I mean, that must have been an awesome sight to see Moses and Daniel, all these oaks walking around in Jerusalem. I bet you those, those Jews didn't believe them. Who are you? I'm Isaac. Oh no, please man. I said, I built this well. It was my well. I built this. Can you imagine? What is the reason why Jesus Christ rose? Do you know why He rose? To give us authority. The authority was given back to the church because He rose. How do I know that? I just read it in John chapter 20 where He says, Listen, Receive the Holy Spirit. The next verse he says, And if you forgive any sin, it's forgiven. If you don't, you don't. It's not forgiven. That is the highest authority that you can have on this earth, is to forgive people's sins. And he gave it to the church. So we've got to understand, when we start, especially over this Easter time, Jesus' death was to sort out hell and grave. His resurrection was to give us the authority. And then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was to give us the power. So you have all three already operating in your life, just as you sit here. And then Jesus says, okay, on top of this, I'm going to give you my word. I'm going to give you the blood. I'm going to give you my name. I mean, how much more? It's like overkill. You know, it's like you've got this little ant that's causing a problem, and you pull out a bazooka. I'm going to sort you out. It's an overkill. Because the Bible says that everything that is around this world has already been dealt with. The only problem we've got is we don't know how to apply it. We do not use it and therefore the world is going to hell. I want to show you now the next thing that the, blood, the name of Jesus does for us. I want us to turn to John chapter 14. I hope this is helping you. John chapter 14. Now I say to you that it's not just the attack. It's not just going on and fighting and pushing back and breaking the chains, which is awesome. Listen, I expect every single Christian to use the name of Jesus every day. Every single day. Because that thing releases an authority and power over your life. But look at John chapter 14 verse 13. Let's take verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he believes in me, the works that I do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. I mean, I want to do greater works than Jesus Christ. Would you? How many of you really want to do greater works than that? Listen, I like it. It's quite a cool thing when you walk past a tree and curse it and it dies. Hey, you want to go pay tax? Go and catch a fish. 
come on, everything in the natural was subject to him. And he says, you're going to do greater things than that. You're going to break bondages of people without any effort. Jesus never had an effort. We make it an effort. In fact, we are so slapchat, we don't even pray. When last have you actually laid hands on somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, I resist that thing. I cut that thing off. I command it to go in Jesus' name. And when you realize the power that you are releasing, that every single creature, heaven, earth, below, it doesn't matter, submits immediately. Now look at this verse. And whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified. I don't think we even have a clue how powerful that is. You see, when you ask in my name, first of all, who do you ask? The Bible says you ask the Father. You go, you say, Father, I thank you for the salvation of my family. In Jesus' name, I thank you that it, my family will be saved. As for me and my household, we will be saved. I thank you for a protection over my family. I thank you, Lord, that there's no strife in my family. I thank you, Lord, that there's no sickness in my family. In Jesus' name. And you go through and you pray like that. And when you say in the name of Jesus, Jesus promises and He says, it will be done to you. The reason we don't have is because we don't ask. And when we do ask, we ask amiss. How do we ask? Give me a new car, Lord. We're not worried about whether there's strife or issues in my family. God is worried about people. He's not worried about your stuff. He'll give you the stuff. But He's worried about people. So tonight, I want you to sit down and say, Lord, I thank you for the name of Jesus. I thank you that that name is so powerful that even unsaved disciples could use it. That's why when Jesus commissioned them, He says, anybody who believes can cast out devils and heal the sick and all of this stuff. It was not strange for them. They've already tried that. Now they're born again, and what's more, they end up full of power. No wonder they realized, yes, listen, if it was good with the name, you must check it with the Holy Spirit. You can imagine Peter. Peter tried everything with excess. Nothing was normal with that oak. So can you imagine when he, because he was part of the 70 that went out. Can you imagine he'd come back? He's probably the oak who goes back. Hey, check this, it works. And then he gets full of the Holy Ghost. And then all of hell knows him personally. Because that oak didn't stop for anything. He sees a guy on the side of the road. He says, listen, hey, I don't have gold and all of this stuff. But what I have in the name of Jesus, get up. He understood the power of the name, that guy. He really did. And he understood that when I submit under the Holy Spirit, nothing can stop me. So I want to challenge us today. Stir that thing up in your heart again. Know like you know that, that when you use the name of Jesus, there is a power that's connected to it because it is the highest authority. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for every single person sitting here. And Lord, I just thank you right now that as we're getting into your word, Lord, that we are exposing the truth. Lord, I pray that we will be stirred up in Jesus' name. We will not be mediocre Christians, but Lord, that we will start using the weapons that have been given us. Lord, I thank you that you have given us permission to use your name. Lord, that you have given us permission to use the authority that comes. Lord, that when we say in the name of Jesus, all heaven comes to attention and backs up what we command, 
on in this earth. Lord, I thank You that we are going to start taking our place as the church of Jesus Christ and do what You tell us to do in Jesus' name. And we will not be ashamed of the gospel anymore. And Lord, that we will not be slack in praying for the right things. Lord, that we will not be slack in pushing back the darkness that surrounds us and break the chains of people that need it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank You for this city. I thank You, Lord, that You've got a mighty plan. And Lord, I break every single assignment that Satan has over this city. I call it to null and void in Jesus' name. I release an anointing, a presence of God to flow in the city. Father, I pray for fire lighters. Lord, that people that will walk around full of the fire and the zeal of God. Lord, they will bring an anointing and change the atmosphere. Lord, that when we come into the city, they will feel the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, I push back every single curse that has been placed over this city through negative words. Lord, through assignments, through people who have just sat down and ridden off the Eastern Cape. I reverse those words and those curses in Jesus' name. I break every single occultish thing that happens on our coastline in Jesus' name. Lord, every ritual that comes through on this coastline, I break the powers. Lord, I cut that off in the Spirit right now and I command it to cease. Lord, I break every time that they sit down and Lord, they translate and Lord, they start going in the Spirit. I break that travel in Jesus' name. Lord, I release the blood of Jesus over the city. Father, I thank You for a barrier around the city. I speak the prosperity that has been prophesied over the city and I call it right in, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank You for the power of Your Word that can change everything on this planet. And I call the city to the purposes that Jesus Christ has intended it to be. Lord, I thank You that we will never be the same again. And Lord, that we are going to see a change, that we're going to see a power that is going to flow around us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise the year. Hallelujah. All right.